Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope we got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Hayes waiting, trying to throw it in, trying to throw it in, gets it in the bay, turns and fires it up, it's good! He hit it at the buzzer, a three-point shot falling backwards, went up and in, the Pistons mob him as they head to the locker room, and Detroit has won. My goodness. Yeah, and a tough one for the Warriors tonight inside Chase Center as the five-game home winning streak comes to an end. And the Warriors wind up uh, taking an L tonight at the hands of the NBA worst Detroit Pistons, although they didn't play like it tonight against the Warriors by any stretch. Uh, but Detroit comes in, gets their 11th win of the season. 122 to 119 is the final. We welcome you inside Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you for the next hour or so. 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. The phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text as we react to this one and a tough one, as I mentioned here right off the top, as the Warriors find themselves on a night of really missed opportunities. Frankly, the Warriors had a chance to get three games over 500 for the first time this season. Hard to believe as we sit here January the 4th, but the Warriors missed that shot to get to 21 and 18, so they dip back to 20 and 19, and they find themselves now 5 and 1 on this six-game home or on the sixth game of this homestand with two games to go. So still Warriors have a shot to win Saturday against Orlando. They can win against Phoenix on Tuesday. But I think the overarching theme of the night for this one and just setting the show up is the Warriors didn't play a winning game tonight. Uh, They got down 34-26 into the first quarter. They they had some bad turnovers. They, They took some bad shots. And the athleticism and the length, I thought, of the Pistons really bothered the Warriors in this game. And it felt like the theme of the night really from the end of that first quarter where the Pistons had an eight-point lead was the Warriors would chip away and get it to a one- or a two-point game, and then the Pistons would get on a six-, seven-point run of their own. It would go right back up to eight. And so it would go Pistons eight, Warriors cut it to two or one, and then the Pistons pushed it right back up to eight or ten. And it felt like this happened three, four, five different times throughout the course of the night. And I think fatigue 
probably caught up with the Warriors a little bit, this being the, the sixth game of the homestand basically in, in a week and a half. The double overtime game against Atlanta that wound up being a win here a couple of nights ago. I think you're still, at least some of the Warrior players are probably dealing with that. It, it probably would have helped to have Draymond Green on the floor in, in the final possession, although it looked like the Warriors did have it pretty well defended, almost a five-second call as well uh, with Sadiq Bey able to catch that inbounds and, and a little bit of a, of a late switch there, and Bay is able to, to hit that shot, get it off and hit it. Usually that shot doesn't necessarily go in, but tonight it did, and it wiped away the heroics from Clay Thompson in this one. As uh, Clay, I thought, really tried to save the Warriors in this game and, and save himself from uh, you know, one of his poorer games of, of late. He had been on a, on a tear here on this homestand, and really three, four straight games that he's played in have just been monster affairs for Clay Thompson. And Clay on a night where you look up at the end of the third quarter and he's 5 of 15, and he's only got 13 points, and he hasn't knocked down a three. But with the game hanging in the balance, Clay Thompson, everything he could to help try and put the Warriors over the top in this one, 17 of what wound up being his team high and game high 30 coming in the fourth quarter. And Clay Thompson knocked down six of eight in the frame, three of five from three, hit the big game tying three. Anthony Lamb able to get the ball to him in that instance. And, and really the vibe at that point was, hey, this game's going to overtime just like Monday night's game is going to overtime, and the Warriors keep finding ways, even though it's not easy, even against some of the, the lesser teams in, in the NBA, they're fighting and scratching and clawing and, and putting themselves in a position to where they can they can steal some of these games late. And it really, at that moment, felt like this is going to be another one in, in a, what has been a, a long line of, of real you know, great, gritty Warriors wins, uh, but Eventually, if you play close games with a shorthanded roster, my grand takeaway is you're going to get got. And whether it was Charlotte that almost got him, whether it was Utah or Portland that, that almost got him late, Atlanta probably thought two or three times that, that they had a, a win in the bag, and the Warriors just kept coming and coming and coming and couldn't quite – uh, get over the hump as they get beat at the end there on a, on a hell of a shot by Bay, kind of a fluky shot by Bay. But I just keep coming back to, and I throw this out there a lot here on 95-7, the game. You can look at, at really any game. You play a winning game or a losing game. And I think you could make the case tonight, and Steve Kerr addressed this in his postgame press conference, which we will have for you coming up here on 95-7, the game. The, the simple fact that the, the Warriors didn't play uh, the Pistons deserve to win this game, like flat out. The Warriors did not play a winning game for most of the night. And if you just watched it start to finish and said who was the better team for more minutes in this game, on this night it would have been the Pistons who wind up walking out of Chase Center with their 11th win in 41 games as they reach the halfway mark. And two of those 11, bad look for the Warriors, even shorthanded tonight, but two of those 11 wins that the Pistons have – and that NBA worst record have come against the Warriors as they beat them back in Detroit in late October in a game where the Warriors were, were mostly healthy. So too much to overcome tonight, too much to ask for the Warriors to be able to overcome it again uh, after overcoming against Charlotte and Portland and Utah and all these other games. They were able to, to put Memphis away uh, in, in that game back on Christmas, and I think the more you're going to play games like this, eventually, it's why I said really for the last week and a half, two weeks, 
every time we would come on and, and we would celebrate on the station, the, the Warriors with another rabbit out of the hat kind of a victory, and the path would start to go down the road of, oh, this team's going to go 8-0. They're going to go 8-0. They're going to go 7-1. And, and yes, while that very much was on the table and still is 7-1 on the table with Orlando and Phoenix coming in, None of these games are going to be easy. Each of them were their own entity, and, and you start taking even more players away than had been anticipated. I think that the Warriors thought they were going to be getting some reinforcements by now in the form of Andrew Wiggins and maybe Jamichael Green, Jonathan Kaminga is another key cog that was taken away, and you really could have used Jonathan Kaminga and his athleticism in this game tonight against the Pistons, who have a, a lot of size, uh, a lot of toughness, a lot of just you know, a lot of physicality on display. So you see Draymond Green get caught up a little bit in that uh, with Isaiah Stewart, kind of a weak technical, I, I thought, to be a double technical. But anytime players get mixed up. And Isaiah Stewart has got a little bit of a history of being a, a, a wants-to-fight guy. Draymond's got his history of just being Draymond. And when two players get mixed up, it really doesn't matter if, if one is, is trying to tell the other one to calm down or, or to be cool or, or, or whatever. It, it often, especially when it has to go to video review, ends up being a double tech. And the unfortunate part for Draymond tonight is he now sits at 12 technical fouls for the season on his ledger is you don't pick up the early one to get to put yourself in position where a, a cheap, you know, mixing it up with somebody else can get you thrown out of the game. Now, in a playoff game, do the officials understand that Draymond's got the technical already in his back pocket? Maybe they don't throw him out. Maybe that alters the call. I think that's always something that, that can be debated. Uh, but the bottom line is if you've got one you know, technical, you're at the mercy of – some kind of unforeseen type situation that, that can get you thrown out of a game, and that's exactly what happened for Draymond tonight. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Hell of a night for Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. I thought both of those players they go for thirty five combined. Anthony Lamb and Jerome really saved the Warriors, prevented this game from being uglier sooner. You had Jordan Poole again with his twenty four, although not as efficient, and it came with a costly couple of turnovers, especially the one there. Uh, in the final minute, but uh, you add it all up, and I think while it is a frustrating night for Warrior fans and a frustrating night for the Warriors, I think everybody would have signed up for 5-1 and one through the first six games uh, of this homestand. Uh, you wouldn't have thought the Pistons after a 5-0 and oh start would be the one, but at this point, in some ways, it almost doesn't matter because now we do know that Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry and, and others are going to be on the way shortly. So 888-957-9570. Let's get it rolling here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hope everybody's having a safe night in dealing with the rain and the wind. And we'll get it started here with David in uh, the Oakland Hills on 95.7 The Game. What's going on tonight, David? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, J.D. How you doing? Good, man. How are you tonight? Okay, you know, we're still dry on my side of Montclair, but, you know, power outages are coming. Yeah, it's coming for everybody at some point here over the next couple of hours and, and over the, the next 24 I hours, I, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, what what'd you think of the game? Yeah. What, uh, what What's on your mind as far as that goes? Well, listen, you know, J.D., the main thing I want to say is I feel like someone in the Warriors organization needs to tell Jordan Poole that his handle is not good enough to be doing the curly kneel 
over dribbling hero ball nonsense. He just, you know, I mean, we, we see it so often. He just, his handle is not tight enough to do that. And he needs to just keep the ball moving. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. And look, I think tonight is a night, and thanks for the call, David, where, you know, Jordan Poole, you know, you're not in the position that you're in to 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 win this game late if it's not for a couple of big buckets from Jordan Poole. But at the same time, you're also counting on Jordan Poole on a night like tonight to be your two or to be your 1A in your pecking order. And, you know, at this point, he's still a young player that, has some development to go. I mean, Jordan Poole, for all of the things that he is, and he really is a talented offensive player, he's not a superstar. And I think he's he's been put in some positions here because of these injuries and had some success and helped the Warriors to the point where they're 5-1 and one in this homestand. But, you know, superstars turn the ball over down the stretch in a lot of big games, and he's not quite a superstar. So I think some of it does come from the learning curve aspect of it. And and I think you know, at times pool, he just, he rushes a little bit. He gets, he gets twisted. Uh, he, he just, you know, I, I think at that point he, he just makes himself more vulnerable. Sometimes his, his footwork get gets twisted up a little bit. Sometimes the, the dribble is a little bit loose, you know, whatever it is, it's it. If the ball's in his hands, at volume in a lot of these situations, he is somebody that's going to be vulnerable to being turnover prone. And and right now, based on the way the Warriors are at, they really had two players that they wanted the ball to be you know in their hands. And I, I think that's what you know it was either Clay or or Pool, but Clay's not really a handler in terms of you know running you know go get it at the top of the key and isolate him as the Warriors actually did a little bit against Atlanta. Uh, on on Monday night, but yeah, I mean, Poole's just he's vulnerable. But I also think we have to slow our roll in holding Poole just because Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins are out, kind of holding him to the superstar standard. When the reality is that's not what he should be asked to be doing, uh, you know, on a night in night out basis. But frustrating nonetheless, and frustrating the timing of tonight's turnover versus the six the other night and the fact that top to bottom, while he's helped him a lot and it feels like his game's getting rolling here over the course of the last couple of weeks, he hasn't exactly had the best season overall compared to the way last year ended and then getting the big payday, which obviously is going to add more eyes and and more attention and more belief that you have to be playing at at a higher level consistently, especially in the big moments. Let's keep it moving on the phone lines. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. That's where Jim in Napa steps in here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jim. Hey, JD. Can you hear me? Hey, what's going on, man? Yep, loud and clear. How, how are you? Hope you're staying dry. You and the uh, last caller stole my thunder, but uh, I was going to talk about Jordan Poole, too, and I, I agree with everything you said about giving him some slack, uh, even though he does make horrendous turnovers. But the other point I had was, you think, uh, <laughs> Mr. Green will ever learn to not get thrown out in critical times when we really need him to. <laughs> yeah, I, th- thanks for the call. I, I mean, it, it, it has tonight was not the first time. 
is probably the best way to say it. And and frankly, tonight will will not be the last time. Whether it's you know game a couple years ago in Charlotte, obviously the big one is the situation in the finals in 2016. And I think really the the overarching takeaway for me as far as Draymond and the technicals go, and he, he is up to 12 by the way for the season. Uh, a little bit before the halfway mark. Now, 16 gets you a one-game suspension for the regular season, and then every other gets you another game suspension. So if you get 16, you get suspended. If you get, And then if you get 18, you get suspended again. If you get to 20, you get suspended again after that. So, uh, But Draymond, I don't believe, I think he's ended up with 16 once, and there's no carryover to the playoffs. So if you end up with 16, it starts over again. There's a lower threshold in, in the playoffs. I think if, if you get to six in the playoffs you get you get six or seven in the playoffs I forget the number we'll get it for you by April but six or seven in the playoffs it's a, it's a new scorecard and at that point you get uh to, to start over but but you can be suspended for for playoff games as well for for technical fouls and for flagrant fouls obviously that's what ended up getting Draymond suspended for game five of the finals back in, in 2016 so I know there's probably not a concern about Draymond, although I think this is the quickest he's ever gotten to 12, not even halfway through the season. Uh, but if you know he's got to miss a, a game in the regular season, the Warriors are going to have to deal with that. But he's also shown an ability to, to cool it and not get to that point where he's going to miss a game and – he puts himself in a position to where maybe it's a, a rather important game down the stretch in in, in a regular season. So uh, that being said, I think as far as tonight goes, you don't want to get the early frustration arguing with the official on a call technical because then anything happens and you put yourself at the mercy of whether a referee wants to call a double technical foul on a skirmish if you end up mixing it up with another player who's got a little bit of a history of, of wanting to get into a skirmish with you. And Isaiah Stewart does have uh, that kind of, of reputation himself. So uh, it's interesting. But, yeah, Draymond, he's got to be more careful. And I, and I understand it. If you're, if you're frustrated about Draymond at the end of that game, you know, maybe the Warriors win the game. Maybe they get a stop down the stretch with, with Draymond. You know, may, maybe he completely blows up the, the Sadiq Bay three uh, you know, there. Maybe the Warriors get another stop. Uh, and, and Clay Thompson's three winds up putting them ahead because they were able to get a, another stop there in the, in the final minute. Uh, at at that particular point in time, so uh, I, definitely something to discuss here tonight on Warriors Wrap Up. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap Up on ninety five seven. The game. We'll go ahead and pause here. We'll come back. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from others from downstairs in the press conference room as the Warriors take a tough one tonight. 122 to 119, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Looney up top. Clay comes back. They throw it for Lamb on the right side. The Clay who relocates for a three-look. He got it! With one second to go. What a play. Steve Kerr and his staff drew up an unbelievable play there. And Clay Thompson got a wide open look. We're tied with one second to go. Tied at 119. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Yeah, it was the Clay Thompson show down the stretch for the Warriors. 17 of his 30 coming in the fourth quarter and Clay Thompson hit a couple of free throws with the Warriors down five at 117 to 112. Clay then made it 117 to 116 on the drive and uh, after the Pistons made it 119 to 116, Clay Thompson with the three-pointer that that tied it up at 119. All big plays from Clay Thompson on a night where he really didn't shoot it all that well through the first three quarters but wound up putting the Warriors in a spot where it looked like this game was headed to overtime. But Sadiq Bey with the answer on what looked like it could have been maybe a five-second call. It was a, it, it, It's really probably got to be almost six seconds to really get the five-second call. Uh, but uh, able to get the ball into Bay and Bay's able to hit the three uh, as the Warriors wind up losing this one, 122-119. 888 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, the phone number two. Give me a call or shoot me a text here as we'll be with you until 11 o'clock. Missed opportunity night for the Warriors, really, on the one hand, as they had a shot to get to three over five hundred for the first time this season. That would have been their hot watermark had they gotten to 21-18. and 18. And then you look at the standings right now in the Western Conference, the the loss for the Warriors, they stay at ninth now, tied for eighth really with the Suns as the Suns have lost four in a row. They got beat uh, again. So Phoenix uh, lost in Cleveland late 90-88. to And so the Suns and the Warriors have the exact same record now at 20-19. and The Blazers, they got beat tonight. So they are 19 and 18. The Clippers are 21 and 18 now. And the Kings got beat by the Hawks late in Sacramento tonight. So you look at the Warriors. The Warriors could have been all the way back. They they could have been fifth 
with the win. If they were able to win this game, they would be tied with Sacramento for fifth and only Dallas, the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Nuggets ahead of them with a couple of days off. And it just felt often tonight like the Warriors were a little fatigued, a step slow, hurt by what frankly was a bad matchup in terms of just type of players uh, when you look at, at the, the Pistons. And the Pistons typically don't shoot the three ball well, but they hit 16-36 to 36 in this game tonight. So a rare night where the Warriors get out hit from three. And I thought the Warriors tried to have the energy and the edge that they've had in some of these other games, but it just was not as effective because of the athleticism and length advantage that that the Pistons had over them and so it wasn't necessarily an effort deal but just a a not as much in the tank deal for the Warriors Draymond gets ejected we could talk about that Uh, mixed it up with Stewart after he got the early one so that's now 12 technical fouls for for Draymond Green and the theme of the night for the Warriors just got down eight would catch up would get back down eight would tie it up, get within one or two, get back down eight. Seems like they were trying to climb that uphill battle throughout the entire game. And Jordan Poole, tough night for him in terms of efficiency, tough night for him in terms of the critical turnover late. And uh, it was a night where Clay Thompson almost bailed the Warriors out, along with Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. Just Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb prevented this from being a, a real ugly, flat night, uh, I think, for, for the Warriors as they lose to the Pistons. Pistons get win number 11, so they are 11-30. and 30. They came in with the worst record in the NBA, and they wind up leaving uh, now by passing Charlotte, uh, who lost tonight. So the Pistons now 11-30. and 30. That is the second worst record in the NBA. I guess the Rockets, they also passed the Rockets tonight as well, uh, who uh, have now lost five in a row. So a tough one for the Warriors. They get swept in the season series by Detroit, and it's unfortunate uh, when you look at this one that the Warriors you know, just felt like if they could get through this one and get a couple of days off to reset and maybe get Andrew Wiggins back, good news on the Steph Curry front as far as it sounds like Bob Myers on with Steiny and Guru earlier today here on 95.7 The Game. Sounds like a week from Friday is on the table for Steph when the team's in San Antonio. And so it just, if they could just get one more, it, it had the chance. And I think it still has a good shot at being 7-1. and one. We'll see. Phoenix is going to be a desperate team. Orlando is a team that has played much better basketball after a, after a pretty atrocious start. And they have some, some big wins. And uh, not to short shrift Detroit, uh, but the Pistons did win in Denver earlier in the year. They won uh, in Utah early in the year when the Jazz were really hot. I don't know the Jazz have, have fallen back down to earth. They won in Minnesota as well. So uh, this is just one of those games where sometimes uh, one of the one of the low teams in the league is able to beat uh, a team with a, a significantly better record. But you also have to just hold into account the fact that I mean this isn't the Warriors tonight. I mean, and and to not even have Kaminga, I mean, it's basically a nine-man crew where you're digging into Patrick Baldwin and Moses Moody having to play, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb playing significant minutes, and then, of course, the, the starting lineup with DiVincenzo in there as well. I mean, th- this team's done a hell of a job to get to 5-0 and in this homestand going into the game tonight and, and taking the L. But I think at times you got to take a deep breath, you got to step back, and you got to think, hey, how, how, if the Warriors had to play – on a night-in, night-out basis with with this exact team that they had to play with tonight, 
I, I mean, you know, that that team probably wouldn't be on its own a, a, a playoff team or even a play-in team at that point. So the team that they put out there tonight is very much within the range, as we've seen with how close some of these games have been, that the Warriors have been able to win down the stretch. Th- this team, talent-wise, very much within the range of the Pistons team that, that came in. Uh, and so, you know, you factor everything else in with that and the Warriors able to, you know, on a night where they didn't play all that well but fought, uh, they find themselves coming up but just a little bit short on the Sadiq Bay 3. All right, we'll get to some text messages coming up here momentarily. But right now let's head back downstairs here inside Chase Center and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media. I guess some of Jordan's, uh, you know, worst moments this season, you've talked about him kind of being in a rush. I mean, are you seeing that late in some of these games, key possessions? You know, I know tonight obviously kind of seemed like he tripped while he was dribbling. Just are you just seeing him kind of be in a rush? Yeah, you know, uh, he's also hitting huge shots for us. You know, he had two two big jumpers down the stretch and Jordan's made so many big plays for us and and helped us win so many games. Um, But what's great is that everything is a learning experience for him, um, you know, at this stage of his career and he's getting a lot of, um, you know, late game experience. And, um, you know, he made the the one mistake, but like I said, he made, made two big shots right before that. And, and, uh, you know, I thought really, you know, played well and played hard all game. And um, I just told the guys how, how proud I am of them um, for holding down the fort, you know, uh, these last couple of weeks, um, you know, tonight was, was tough, but um, given, the state of our roster for to you know for us to to win five of these first six home games on this stretch and have all these guys fighting and scrapping and clawing night after night it's been really impressive and it's put us in a great position you know going forward and we've got reinforcements coming so it was a tough tough loss but like i said more than anything i'm just proud of of um, the, the entire group Steve, what were you thinking when Clay hit that three to tie it? Maybe the way that that play was executed and then Sadiq Bey responding on the other end. It was a tough way to lose. Um, you know, um, it, it looked like we had uh, covered the play pretty well. And then uh, I'll have to get another look at it. But, um, you know, Sadiq freed himself up there at the last second. Um, felt like it was almost a five-second violation. And then, uh, and then he hit, you know, it's one of those shots that, usually isn't going to go in, but I also feel like, um, you know, the game rewards the team that maybe plays harder. And I thought our fatigue was a factor and I thought uh, Detroit played great. They played really hard um, all game. They were physical. Uh, you know, they were all over the glass, uh, made big shots. You know, Bogdanovich hit the big three with two seconds on the shot clock uh, when they had the out of bounds under. Um, so they hit, they hit big shots and I thought they deserved to win. They were, they were fantastic tonight. Stephen, even as you guys were winning games the last five games, there were a number of those games where you were playing uphill a lot until the fourth quarter. Tonight, another example, you're playing uphill. What in the first quarter, I think they shot 67%. Was it defense? What was going on in the first first quarter that couldn't quite get you guys going? Yeah, we couldn't get stops. And uh, same thing at the start of the third quarter. I thought we brought... Uh, you know, some good energy at the start of the third and they, they kept hitting shots. They, um, you know, they made uh, 16 threes tonight. Um, they're bigs or those guys are tough. Those young guys, you know, they're athletic and um, they got free in the paint um, several times for, um, for buckets, you know, uh, Duran was eight for eight. Um, you know, Stewart, you know, got, got free a couple of times. So uh, I thought their size and athleticism um, really hurt us tonight. 
Draymond picked up, I think it's 12th technical foul of, of the season. I know his fire is something that is really important to this team, but is there ever, or is there a concern level with, you know, re kind of inching closer and closer to that, that suspension benchmark? No, he's never gone over. He knows where the, the line is. I, I didn't really see what happened at the end. Um, when, uh, was it Han Stewart got into it? Um, in my mind, it's like, do we have to call a double technical and eject a guy from the game because two guys in a really competitive game in the most competitive basketball league on earth or, Oh my, who knew they were, they were going to actually get it, get a little upset with each other. Like this is the game. It's what people pay to see like competition at its highest form. Um, so to, to come out of the timeout, um, you know, we've already drawn up our play Draymond's on the floor and then, we got inbound the ball and they tell us Draymond's been ejected. That's, that's a tough one. That's, I haven't experienced that before. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I prefer in those situations where, you know, the officials have the awareness that somebody has got a tee. We're, we're not going to kick them out because two guys get into a little, you know, uh, yelling match or whatever it was. Um, if it's, if it's earned, it's earned. And maybe I'm totally wrong. If I'm wrong, you know, then, um, then that's my fault. But I don't, I don't really believe there should be double technicals that lead to an ejection for that. Was that that last clay three that was that, I guess, did that go exactly how you designed it with, you know, the pass over the top to lamb and yeah. that screen? That's, um, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of plays that we try, you know, late game. Some of them, some of them work, some of them don't. And um, the guys executed that one really well. And clay got a good look and, and, um, you know, obviously he was, he, he really got hot late. He started the game uh, slowly, but he, he really um, got us going there down the stretch and uh, got a good look. Looney set a great screen and, and um, you know, Clay knocked it down. Yeah, really well executed play uh, by the Warriors there to get the game tied. The screen, the the dish from Anthony Lamb to Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson able to to knock that shot down. And you felt the way the Clay's played here over the last week, like that shot was going down. He was in rhythm. He was hot. He had at that point fourteen in the fourth quarter. That put him up to seventeen. Uh, but the Warriors, unfortunately, they get beat on the Sadiq Bay three. Uh, with one second to go, the Pistons able to throw it in, and he's able to hit it, and they walk out of chase tonight with a 122-119 to win over the Warriors. 888-957-9570. Still time for some phone calls here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. A couple of quickie thoughts from Steve Kerr here before we hear from Clay Thompson. Uh, Warriors still in a great position, and, you know, we talked – before this homestand began, and, and really I think everybody thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be back by now, and he was cleared, and, and then obviously with the illness, he had to wind up uh, missing some, some more time, and, and we'll see about Saturday when the Magic are in here. If not Saturday, it sounds like there's a pretty good shot he'd be able to play on Tuesday against Phoenix. But with the Warriors 15-18 and 18, and, and coming home at that point 3-under 500, and you look at the eight-game homestand, it, it really became a no-excuses kind of a time for the Warriors. They had to get wins. Five felt almost like the minimum that they would have to get at that point. But even five and three in the eight games, you're, five, you're below 500 leaving. But even that would have felt, as long as you were getting everybody healthy and Steph Curry back into the fold, that would have felt like it was doable. 
at that particular point in time, right? You get, but but five to me it was to really make a dent. You got to get six because that takes you from three under to one over, and then if you're getting healthy, you feel like the Warriors are going to be able to get it together. And and some of the the two way players, the younger players, have had a little bit more experience. You re fit them in now to a much deeper roster and you see if they can they can help you uh, as you vault your way up the Western Conference. The other part is you don't want to get three, four games under because then you're going to be chasing so many teams that makes it that much more difficult to, to move your way back up into the playing tournament and then out of the playing portion, hopefully up to sixth. And then eventually I think that the real goal would be to somehow get into a top four. We'll find out here over the next three months if that's something that's that's legitimately going to be attainable. But the fact that the Warriors have won five of the first six, regardless of how they've done it, and I think with a couple of 50-50 games that, that you could make the case the Warriors have won maybe, I, I don't know, four of five, at least three of four 50-50 games on this homestand, you'd take the, the 750 winning percentage at any juncture in a homestand like this. So tonight is tough, but... The Warriors' big picture here, as long as they don't drop the next two, if they can at least get one of the next two or both, they're in a really good spot with Wiggins back in the fold and and, and with Steph Curry obviously having the potential to come back here as soon as maybe that San Antonio game, which tips off the five-game road trip on January the 13th, which is a week from Friday. Uh, some tough shots as far as you know, Bogdanovich did hit some big shots, some tough shots. The 16 threes is something I'm going to circle. You know the athleticism and the size and the length is going to be problematic for the Warriors, but the 16 threes end up being the the difference maker on a night where you wouldn't expect, just looking at at history and normal numbers, the Pistons to out-hit the Warriors from three-point range, and and they did. They out-hit them 16 to 15, and they shot at a higher clip, 44% from three-point range, and that, one three advantage ends up being the difference in the game. A text message I wanted to get to Xfinity Mobile text line explain what Draymond's first technical was for. Uh, it was arguing with the official. Second quarter, nine minute mark. He he argued was demonstrative with the official. Picked up a technical and that puts him in a position where I, I'm with Steve Kerr on the double tech. Like to me, the double tech has got to be egregious to get somebody kicked out of a game. But it just kind of depends on the reputations of those players and how an official is feeling in the moment that the situation was getting away. And, and I think it, it, in tonight's situation, does it happen that way in a playoff game? Maybe not. But in tonight's situation, that meant tech, double technical. And that meant as the Warriors were trying to inbound the ball, as Steve Kerr laid out, Draymond Green was, was done for the night. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I'm with them. Like, you you want to see the passion and energy and fire from, from both teams, and you want to see the, the best players be able to, to finish games. But the reality is don't get the first technical, and then you're not in a position where a, a cheapie on a double tech gets you thrown out of a game. And you know, the Warriors, are, yeah, there was a minute 24 left, but we've seen Draymond three, four different times in this homestand come up with the biggest defensive play of the game in the final minute and be a big reason why the Warriors were able to win some of these games that they have here in the first five before tonight. 5-1-0, Xfinity Mobile text line. Uh, talking about Jordan Poole, uh, questioning will Poole ever become a Warriors kind of player? Appears to be uh, you know, very much... A black hole, the 510, right? So I'm quoting that. 
uh, the kind of player, skilled shooter, some assists, but will he ever get the team concept that the Warriors have, have sex successfully employed, the texter asks. Kerr says the right things after Poole's uh, mistake-prone games, but I wonder what he's really thinking or what Poole uh, gets during the, the practice sessions, unwilling to change or correct his errors. I, I think it's more of just an experience issue. He's a young player. Jordan Poole is still a young player, and he's had a lot of success from being somebody that went from borderline out of the league to in the G League to coming up and becoming a bench player to turning himself into a pseudo-starter with Clay or, or with Steph out uh, to helping a team win an NBA championship. And I, I just think you got to take the good with the bad when it comes to, to Jordan Poole. And, and, you know, it is frustrating, I think, because a lot of the times it's the same mistakes, it's the same moves. As I mentioned earlier, he, he tends to get his footwork a little bit twisted up on on – you know, some of his moves toward the basket. There was a play earlier in that fourth quarter where he essentially made the same move that he turned it over on and ended up hitting a jumper that pulled the Warriors, I think, from, I think, four down to two uh, at that point. And so a lot of the times it's the same moves when they work. They're, they're clean and you love them and they're sweet, but he does get his footwork tangled and his feet tangled at times. His dribble can be a little bit off at times. And he just can't get everything moving in the in the right direction. But I, I don't get the impression that he's playing selfishly, intentionally, or isn't a Warriors type player. He he is a, a differently skilled player than the Warriors have had uh, over over their time. And but I think that's what makes him valuable to to this Warriors team. Uh, and again, tonight's also a night where he's being asked to play as if he is the number one option or the number two option behind Clay Thompson, but the primary ball handler without Curry out and without Wiggins and without others. I mean, you put the ball in Dante DiVincenzo's hands as a few people on the text line have, have laid out. Well, Dante DiVincenzo for, you know, maybe being a better ball handler, he's also not somebody that's going to get his own offense in those kinds of situations where it's a, a an isolation type deal or he's got the ball within the context of a play and he's trying to go and, and get to the bucket or, or create for somebody else on his own. Like, you, you know that Dante DiVincenzo is much less of a threat if you're defending him, which I think makes the team a lot easier to defend uh, as a whole rather than a, a guy like Jordan Poole. But uh, still, uh, I think you got to take the good with the bad and understand that he's still a young player and can get better and can learn from it. And he's just – he's not a superstar, like, I get it. He's going to be making an average of $30 million a year coming up soon, but he's he's a sixth man you know, that, that's being asked right now because of injury to step into a role. And, and, look, he's helped the Warriors win games. He's helped the Warriors win games, game after game after game. Uh, and so you got to take the good with the bad. I think in some ways that's the theme of this homestand is that it hasn't been perfect. And eventually, if you keep going to that well where it's not going to be perfect, and how could it be with the talent level the Warriors are playing with on a night-in, night-out basis, eventually you're going to get got. And tonight, the Warriors, uh, they got got down the stretch, but barely, and it took some some heroics and some random plays to, to go against the Warriors, including that final Sadiq Bay three. All right, before we call it a night, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Clay Thompson as he met with the media here inside Chase Center uh, following a tough one for the Dubs in this one. How frustrating was a loss like this? I mean, it looks like uh, you guys, every chance you guys got to get close against Detroit, they would come back and, and nail a big shot after you guys would cut the lead to like three or one. Well, it never feels good. 
uh, I thought we fought really, really hard tonight. I think the story, I mean, we fought very hard and put it, gave ourselves a chance to win it. Uh, Bay made an incredible shot, so credit to him. But just a uh, hard-fought, gutsy effort, and I'm really proud of every single man who played. Five wins in a row at home. Hopefully we can bounce back Saturday and another one in a couple days after that. So we have a great opportunity to finish great on this last home stretch. What do you think Jordan can learn from from some of these late game situations where the burden is more on him than than he's ever had before? Well, I told him at the uh, in the locker room, there's a reason I threw hit the ball in the end of reg- or toward the end of regulations because he's like that. He's a clutch player. He's a shot creator, and we would not have been on this win streak without him. So I uh, know that we. I mean, shoot, we all go through those. Uh, lapses early in our career. I mean, I remember missing two free throws against the Nuggets when I'm in my second year and just leaving the arena in my uniform. So it's like, we all got to go through it. Steph went through it and um, Jordan, we're going to continue to trust him with the ball in his hands because he's uh, like an engine that makes us go. Clay, how uh, how confused were you and everybody else when Draymond all of a sudden is gone from the game with about a minute plus ago coming out of that timeout? <laughs> Yeah, it was unfortunate because Draymond is such an important piece of what we do, but um, still could have had a chance to win. Yeah, sucked. He got kicked out, but um, it's not his fault we lost. Like, we had a great chance to win. Clay, you guys sold out Chase Center again tonight, despite all the what's going on with the weather outside. Um, what are your thoughts on all the fans who braved that storm just to be here tonight? Uh, I hope they get home safely. That's the most important, but um, they were great you know, this whole run, and I know they will continue to be. We appreciate their energy. They've helped us will will us to wins this whole season, and there's a reason why our record's so great at home is because it's a reflection of the energy that we feed off from them. Can you drive your boat through a storm like this? I could, but that's just not ideal. (laughs) Have you seen the perfect storm? It doesn't end well, so I'm not trying to do that, but she is a beast, but it's just too bumpy. Obviously, development isn't linear, and for Jordan to kind of go through these growing pains that you mentioned you also went to early in your career, just how do you help a young guy get through this? He was obviously really disappointed in himself after that turnover with six seconds left. Uh, you just tell him it's going to be all right and continue to work hard, and there's a reason is that he's an NBA champion. We would not have that banner without Jordan's efforts, so it's just about sticking to the process and working your absolute hardest, and the work we're will reveal itself so i have no worries about jordan um i think we're much better than our record reflects and we're not even whole yet so uh we have a lot of great basketball ahead of us so it's not time to hang our heads you you mentioned early in your career you know walking home after a, a nuggets loss do losses like this sting more particularly regular season losses sting more early in careers when yes why do you think that is because you want to be so great every night and you have a high expectation of yourself. I know Jordan does. I do as well. And you just expect to be great, even if it's, you know, unrealistic to do for 82 games. You still want to be your best, and it never feels great when you go home after a game and you feel like you could have done this differently and could have helped us win. But that's just a part of being an athlete is uh, the ups and downs and embracing that journey. Clay, do you feel like uh, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb kind of transformed your bench and your offense and just the spacing with the with the ability, uh, you know, they, they can shoot? Yeah, they've been great. I mean, two two-way players, incredible. Those guys are bona fide NBA players, and 
I give our front office credit. They just do such a great job of finding guys to plug in our system and Anthony's ability to score tonight off the dribble, on the catch. Same with Ty to get in the paint, facilitate. So they've been awesome, and they're going to play a huge role for us this year, and I'm just proud to be their teammate. Along those lines, I mean, a guy like Dante and and these these two two-way players, months from now, can you look back maybe at this stretch and say those guys grew – they were thrown into the fire and they no choice. And they, they did these things. And, and when, when you're in a playoff game later and yeah. you can count on these guys uh, even more so. Yeah, no question. I mean, we're without two all-stars. I mean, an MVP, those guys have stepped up so much. Even PBJ tonight making big shots. Moses, um, everyone's playing their role and getting better on the fly to be so young and thrown on a defending champion team. And ex- people expect you to be great. It's a big toll to take, and those guys are embracing it. And we're going to look back in a few months, and I know how important this stretch will be because it's we're still – we're above 500 finally. And, I mean, might be only five, six games out of first, so we can make a run for it. I know we can, and this will be – this run was vital to that. Are you starting to feel the effects, I guess, of so many guys being out, like in particular on that last possession – probably who was on the floor wouldn't be who would typically be on the floor closing. So how do you handle like maybe communication lapses and things like that when you have so many different guys playing? I don't feel that because we're all pros here and no one blames anybody else. We all take responsibility for how we play. And I play the same way every time I step on the court. I'm aggressive. I play my hardest and I have fun with it. And uh, I try to lead, especially when Steph's not out there, Andrew's not out there. I try to just lead by example. And we're building so much great chemistry right now. I know how it's going to pay, pay off so greatly come a few months when it's really winning time. Steve mentioned that fatigue from the last game going to double overtime might have rolled over to this one. Um, with you playing so many minutes the last game and then playing however many you played tonight. I mean, did you feel tired out there? And just how does your body feel at this point in the season? I feel incredible i'm almost a year anniversary to when i came back in the nba so i couldn't be happier and there might have been some fatigue factor especially mentally when you go to a double ot it's point in the season not much rest time in between but you know i'm glad i'm super proud of the way everybody fought tonight it wasn't pretty you're right there right there to continue this win streak just gotta start a new one all right, so a couple of quick thoughts on what Clay Thompson had to say in particular about Jordan Poole. A couple of questions about Poole and the late game struggles and and the turnovers and I think the the biggest quote there is Clay saying that he told him there's a reason he threw the ball to him because he's clutch. That he's a creator and you don't win five in a row without him and that's the case. I mean, Jordan Poole's been balling. Clay Thompson's been balling over these last couple of games. It, it's not always going to be perfect. Uh, the other part was just Clay saying that everybody goes through it, that he went through it, that Steph's gone through it, and everybody's got to go through it. And uh, yeah, dropping the, the knowledge on the game against Denver where he left right after the game in his inter, uh, in his clothes uh, after missing a couple of free throws and the Warriors wound up missing – our Warriors wound up losing that game. And so it's just – it's tough, but you stick with it, you battle through it, and eventually you're you're better for it. And I think that's one thing that the Warriors can look at is all the different contributions that they've received from a lot of different unexpected players here 
during the five-game winning streak, which came to an end tonight, and you start to project if potentially that can, you know, ha- you can have some of those players play a bigger role in in key moments down the stretch. Because here's the thing, the Warriors have got to keep this thing rolling. Like you're twenty and nineteen, you're feeling good about it, and Clay's feeling good about their ability to get on a run, thinking their record's better than it is. I think Steve Kerr at this point would say that, but but. You're going to need more contributions from everybody and more contributions from Jordan Poole uh, you know, after Steph and, and Wiggins come back if this team's going to get to the ultimate goal, which I think in the regular season at least is, is ensuring that at a minimum you can avoid that play-in tournament and the Warriors right now are, are only a game out of being able to do that. And when you, look, when you look at being a game out, you also have to look at who are you chasing and to look up and see Portland as one of the teams that's ahead of you and Sacramento is one of the teams that's ahead of you, but Sacramento, one of those teams that's in the top five. I mean, that that's the spot. Like, the Kings are 20 and 17. That's the, you know, which one of these is not like the other when, when you look at the at the top of the West. And that's not to say that the Kings won't be a play-in team. I think they probably will be, but that's a team that that is not the fifth-best team in the Western Conference, flat out. And that's the spot that you can go get. And I think the Warriors, uh, if they can continue with this momentum and get healthier, uh, that's the spot that ultimately they they will get in, in, in the top six here in the West. All right, that'll do it for tonight. Appreciate the callers. Appreciate the texters. Appreciate everybody in our San Francisco studios, which, of course, is always led by the great Sterling Bennett here. Uh, appreciate everybody watching as well on YouTube and Twitch on this rainy, windy evening in the Bay. Uh, That'll do it. Uh, Back on Saturday with Warriors this week, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Join me and Whitey Gleason for that. And then we got uh, one of the double days with the Warriors next in action against the Orlando Magic here on 95.7 The Game. 5.30 is the tip-off for that one. Warriors live at 4.30. Warriors and the Magic with the Dubs trying to get back on the winning track and finish this homestand uh, with a couple of more wins to get to 7-1. and one. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Tough one tonight. Pistons beat the Warriors 122-119. to And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.